You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Des. Hi, welcome to Momentum. This is Des and Tim here, and uh, today we're talking with Richard Fay. Richard was on our show some time ago, and uh, in fact, he did the first two shows of Momentum, so his claim to fame is that. And so we now have Richard back, and we've got a um, we've got a couple of shows uh, around what Richard has to say to us, and he's got a wealth of experience as a counselor and as a pastor, and you know has uh, seen the worst and the best of of most things including men the one thing we want to talk about today and welcome Richard I should say it's lovely to be here Des <laughs> thank you well, one thing we want to talk about today is identity and men struggle continually with their sense of identity and what that looks like how would you define identity Richard identity is such a mystery and so there are a couple of ways that it can be defined and the first is that we can construct it ourselves uh, we construct it based on what, what we can achieve, what we can do, what we can prove. For men especially, it's uh, often a, a, a competition or a comparison. Uh, who has the most of something? Whatever you value, whatever you think makes you look successful and see you build an identity. So, so many men build an identity out of achievement, out of career. But those identities depend on your performance, on your ability to sustain them. And if you can't sustain them or if in any way you fail, then, of, of course, your identity is threatened and then it tends to crumble. So it's not, that's not a true identity. Any identity that is dependent upon your, your ability to be able to maintain it is not authentic because it's not indigenous to you. If it's indigenous to you, it's natively true no matter what's happening to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's so th- that's the thing I wanted to say first about identity. And so men who have fragile or, 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 or inauthentic identities will end up saying at some point in their life, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. Or why did I do that? Or or I'm a loser. Yeah. Or I feel like such a fraud. And, and that is what happens when our identity is formed by something inauthentic. When it's authentic, it's solid, it's reliable, it's dependable, and it can absorb all of life's uh, emotions, ups and downs, and roller coasters, and it's relational. So, when does uh, when do people form their identity? Do you think? Well, I think I think we, but particularly we men, we form it at different times. And the first identity we we form is the most precious and sacred one, and it's what we form in the first few years of our life. If we have a loving mother and father, then we know we are loved for who we are. And that's a very secure identity. Then our identity shifts to adolescence, which is me showing off possibly in front of girls and certainly other other boys trying to say, hey, look at me, I've got what it takes, I'm the dude, I'm king of the mountain. Um, Then our identity shifts again in our early 20s to the warrior, I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm in a cause greater than my own. Every young man needs a cause greater than himself. Mm. He needs to know that there's something bigger than him that matters and he's going to give him himself to it. That's the warrior. Then there's the king identity. I've got uh, a wife or, or children, a career, uh, employees, um, a home. I've got 
um, a role, a purpose in life. So then I've, I've developed another identity. Those identities keep happening, but then we keep falling back to what is the original identity, which is I'm beloved. Mm. And once we grow out of childhood, we will eventually circle back to that. So for me, identity is I'm a beloved son of God. That is your identity too, Des. Yeah, absolutely. There is, there is no other one. And, and, and if that is true, then that is eternally true. It's true of every aspect of who I am. It's not one Jesus heard that voice. Others heard that voice. You, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And it wasn't based on anything he'd achieved or done because mm. it was before any of his ministry. He's a carpenter. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about the positive identity in terms of our faith and and our relationship with our Heavenly Father. What would an unhealthy identity look like? An unhealthy identity is one that you are always patching or hiding. Mm -hmm. Patching, look at me, I've made it, I'm the guy, and it's often quite unconscious, so you don't even notice you're doing it. Um, you just talk about, uh, I bumped into a man recently and he was telling me about his wealth and he went on and on about his wealth, mm. his investments and how well they were doing. And I asked him how he was and that was his response. Wow. That's an, unhe- that's an unhealthy identity because that man was yeah. not a young man. He was a much older man and his sense of success was wealth because he was now retired and so it wasn't based on his career which it once was so that's an unhealthy identity that's one that you you uh try to cover over the cracks with some veneer or the other one is one that you uh that you medicate with drugs alcohol porn any addiction um one that causes you to be reactive if anyone challenges you. So if a man, his, his partner, his wife say, you're just like your father wow. or, or there's, there, that, can, that can be you're just like your father. Just those words. And if a man goes to rage, well, then you know where his identity is. Yeah. It's I don't want to be like my father mm. and you just told me I am and that's terrifying and so I have to get angry because I'm not secure in who I am. Yeah. So what sort of traits would indicate that, you know, maybe we're lacking in our identity? What sort of things would we see? I mean, you've just described one of them, for example. Yeah, what is, our, what is our, the internal self-talk? Because the internal self-talk is, oh, here we go again, you know, got to put on the suit, got to fake it, got to pretend, don't let anyone see who I really am, who you really are, who you really are as a yeah. beloved son of God. And that means you can be vulnerable, you can be transparent, you can be honest, you can even talk about wisely and appropriately your failures to the right people and you're okay still. Nope, I'm the failure, I failed at that. Well, that's okay, everyone fails at things, everyone. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, no, isn't it wonderful to know that I don't have to be completely successful to be secure in who I am? So yes, that exactly. internal self-talk is, is a sign that there's an unhealthy identity. Uh, there's so many signs. As I said earlier, uh, any kind of addiction is a sign of an unhealthy identity. Mm. Um, any any sense of um, of anxiety or stress in the body uh, or depression, they're unhealthy identities. They're simply a way of saying something's happened in your life or a lot of things could have happened in your life that you have built an identity on that are crumbling. 
and and the wind and the waves of life are crashing in on and the and this house of sand is starting to fall down and that's okay what it's a horrible thing it's humiliation it just doesn't be say anyone who feels humiliated hates that feeling yes. shame is the most horrible feeling shame is the litmus test when i feel shame it's usually because i feel like i am bad yeah Yes. Or, or possibly I have just acted in a way that's in complete, uh, completely against who I am. And it's a wake-up call. Richard, come back to your values. Yes. Who are you really? Who are you really? Act on your values because you're acting like someone you're not. So we're talking to Richard Fay today, counsellor and pastor and um, an all-round good guy who has uh, done lots of things in life. Just uh, We're talking about identity and men's identity in particular. So g- given there might be men listening to the show today, Richard, who um, are struggling with their identity, they're, they're broken, they, they didn't have role models, they didn't have a mother and father who loved them and whatever those circumstances look like, how can they start to change the way they think, the way they talk, that leads to a new identity? That is just about the best question I've ever been asked. (laughs) It's probably the most important question, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, the first would be to be kind and gentle to everything they experience within them that says they're not good enough. Be kind to it. Now, this is going to sound a little odd, what I'm going to say here. But if they could understand, that's not who they are. But that is what the younger self believes about them. And the younger self keeps showing up. There's a, a poem by Robert Bly called One Source of Bad Information. Um, Robert Bly was one of the fathers of the men's movement many, many years ago. And uh, he said, there's a boy in you about three years old who hasn't learned a thing in 30,000 years. There's a boy wow. in you about three, three years old who hasn't learned a thing in 30,000 years. And he's trying to save your life. And because of him, he, he, you have survived a lot. He says things like stay home, avoid elevators, and so on and so on. Yeah. This boy, this boy has six big ideas. Five don't work. Right now he's repeating them to you. So – the boy or the younger self's identity is what's fragile. And if the man feels his own fragility and he could turn like a loving adult, like a loving father to that younger self and go, I hear you, but you know what? You're loved. Yeah. Why? Because God says you're loved. Yeah. Therefore, I say you're loved. And if that is true, if he can even do that, just find a photo of his younger self and look at that photo and go, you're not a piece of garbage. Mm. You're not. Why? Because I get to say, I get to say who you are. And I say, you matter. Hang around men who are okay talking about their fears, their failures, and you're going to be supported by other men in that space. Because then you're safe to talk about your fears and failures as well as your dreams and hopes. You can be yourself then. And if you can be yourself around other men, that's the place where it begins. That's such an important step that, you know, and you raised it clearly, you know, get amongst men where you can be open and honest and raw and, and, and talk about your anxiety or whatever it is you're going through. Yes, yeah, so the question, how are you really? How are you really? It's okay. 
Hi, we're back for the second part of our talk with um, Richard Fay today. We're talking about identity, and we've been talking in the first half about what identity looks like, how you can address it, and so forth. And so if you've missed the first part, please go to our um, our website, momentumaustralia.org, and have a listen to the podcast that will be up soon. So Richard, thanks again for your time. One of the things we want to talk about is how society influences men today. You know, there's lots of stuff going on in our world. There's lots of strange things happening to men and their identity. How do we navigate through that? It's becoming very complex, isn't it? It's getting more and more complex, actually. I'll just say some phrases out here. And uh, notice which gender is getting a sense of threat or challenge to the value or worth of that gender. Me too. Mm. Toxic masculinity. Mansplaining. Uh, Homer Simpson versus Marge Simpson. Which one of those two do you think is more mature, responsible? Or if I talk about their children, Barton and Lisa. Yeah. Which one is, which gender has a sense of maturity and responsibility, which one is stupid and imbecilic. That's the world we live in. Now, mm. um, I acknowledge that men have caused an awful lot of pain in this world for centuries. Men have started wars. Men have done all kinds of difficult things. But now we live in a world where men feel so disoriented and we then have all kinds of questions around gender as a construct and uh, we use terms and I, I understand that this is a very complex world. Some people don't want to be called he or she anymore. And so being male, well, the prisons are full of men, aren't they? Yes, right. M men are uh, four times as likely to take their own lives. Men are nine times as likely to die in the workplace. I could just keep naming the stats. Mm. Uh, men are the problem apparently. So if you're a man, you almost are apologizing for being male. And if you don't apologize for being male, you suddenly look like some um, very, very rigid male rights activist who hates women. Yeah. As if you can't be you and love, love your wife and love your daughters and love your granddaughters and love your sisters and your mother and women in general want to empower them as well as having dignity and worth and value in being a man. Isn't it interesting how society has changed dramatically over the last couple of years? But I remember uh, when I first came to Australia, um, I got on a train in Sydney and the train was packed and there was one seat and I took that one seat. And when a lady came on at the next stop, I stood up and I said, please have my seat. And I got a torrent of abuse Yes. Because she, yes. she was quite able to stand and wanted to stand yes. and I was humiliating her. Isn't it amazing? And, and it's a total misunderstanding. I, I had yeah. a member of, a female member of my family who said she'd be offended if I opened a car door for her, as I always do for my yeah. wife if we're going yeah. out. And I said, to her, you misunderstand me. When I open a car door, I'm not saying you're weak. I'm saying my strength is here to serve you. Yeah. That's a because otherwise, otherwise my strength could dominate you. And I don't want it to dominate you because I've grown up in a world where domination has been unhealthy. And so if I open a car door, I'm reminding you and me that my strength is here to serve you. And physically, I am stronger, at least on the outside. 
I haven't had to give birth. So I'm sure that <laughs> there are strengths inside of women, women that I have no knowledge of. Uh, for but, sure. but, but that kind of chivalry, isn't that an old-fashioned mm, wor- yeah. word? But yeah. chivalry, here's another word that comes with chivalry and from the same age, gentleman. Yes, exactly. He's going to say gentle, that word. A gentle man. Mm. That's a man whose strength is yielded to others, to serve and bless others. That's a good man. And that man will will give up his seat. And even if he gets a torrent of abuse, yeah. And so you look at society and you look at politicians, for example, and the days of the statesman have disappeared as well. Mm. You know, mm. where somebody was, was stood up and, and stood for something. And, yes. and you don't see that to, in today's society. I don't know about you, Des, but my, one of my things my father said to me over and over, your word is your honour. Your yes. word is your bond. Yes. That's and great. so if a man said it, then, you know, he was going to follow through. Mm. That's called integrity. Exactly. Um, and that's a good word and, too, isn't it? Integrity. Isn't it? And, 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 and in, an identity and integrity go hand in yes. hand. Yes. Because an identity that doesn't have integrity is like a, like a glass, uh, a, a cup that doesn't hold water you'd end up wanting to throw it away because it doesn't serve its purpose. Integrity means that my life has enough values and character that it holds life. Mm. Mm. That when I say I'm, I, if I commit to something, I'm going to do it. When I say I'm going to be honest, even if I have to acknowledge I failed at something, that's called integrity. Failing at something is not a loss of integrity. Lying about it is a loss of integrity. So being a healthy man um, as a you know, as a entity in itself, and having and being a man who has identity in Christ and faith, how do those sit side by side? Well, I don't think they sit side by side. I think they. Uh, I think one is within the other. The man who has a life that is yielded to Christ becomes that becomes his whole identity. Becomes his whole reason for being. Uh, he's not now trying to prove himself to God. He's letting the love of Jesus permeate every part of who he is. And so then he seeks to follow Christ into the world. And there's a rest in that. My yoke mm-hmm. is easy and my burden is light and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, that is so less striving. You watch Jesus. It was it, Jesus was not interested in flattery. Good teacher, don't call me good. He knew what was in the hearts of, of, of men, so he didn't yield to that flattery. Uh, whenever things started to go really well, or someone would call out, a demon might call out, uh, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and he'd silence it. He's not after reputation. Mm. He's not after importance, prominence. Or when it comes to, you know, don't, don't, let it, don't, don't rule over others. That's what the pagans do. You know, be the last. You don't have to be the first because you know who you are. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to win at everything because you're already winning in who you are. You don't have to win at what you're doing. Richard, that's so good. We've been talking to Richard Fay um, about identity. And uh, Richard, thank you very much for your time today. And we we look forward to talking to you on the next show. Thanks, Des. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.